Welcome to Linux Link Radio by TimeSys, the podcast for embedded Linux developers who want to simplify and speed up their custom platform development. Visit TimeSys.com today for access to our podcast archives. Hi, this is Gene Sally And Machi Harash. And uh, we still have some footage from the uh, uh, Ontario Linux Fest. One of the um, um, recordings that we did at that fest uh, is a is in a very interesting topic of um, enabling uh, embedded Java for uh, on the Linux system. Yeah, yeah, I know. Well, my job there was to rustle up people that were interested in talking <laughs> to us. Uh, and I, uh, P, um, uh, Tom Fitzsimmons, Thomas Fitzsimmons, he doesn't like to go by Tom, by the way. So, um, so he, he was one of the first people that I I, I ran across, and it was very difficult. Uh, to talk to to have him talk to us. In fact, he told me I was much too um, I was dressed much too uh, nicely in order to know anything. <laughs> so I had to get my I had to get my Java cred out there. We talked class loaders for a little bit, and um, that you know the differences between you know one three and one six and what was coming up. And then he finally figured that I was I was okay. Yeah, you were for real. Yeah, I was for real. I wasn't some weasel. I think that's what he called me was a weasel. Maybe not. I, I don't know. I, exactly. but so so the interview was is actually a very interesting one. Yes, as Thomas covers. Um, the uh, one of the products that uh, he works on at his company, which is uh, Red Hat, mm-hmm. um, and he basically talked to us about um, Red Hat's implementation of uh, Java Virtual Machine and the impact of the um, Sun opening the uh, source code for um, JVM to the to the public. Yeah, this was this was way cool because the the VM is something that you know customers that want to embed. Uh, would like to, but sometimes they don't have processor support. Hmm. And I still know that's still probably an issue. Uh, but if you want to go the complete free software route, um, you would either have to pay, or pardon me, if you want to go the free software route, you you wouldn't you couldn't do that through Sun. Uh, you had yeah. to pay them some sort of licensing fee, and the software wasn't GPL, and uh, it was a constraint for a lot of folks that wanted to use um, Java. And I know Mache is much more into Java than I am in terms of the what goes on a target machine, and yeah. uh, he gets to ask Tom about the. What are they? The, the, the micro edition, and then there's like some other set of initials there that I, I'm not too. <laughs> well, so I think that the challenge um, that that people had to face, people that were uh, trying to enable a virtual machine for mm-hmm. different um, Linux distributions, was the one of uh, being compliant with uh, Java language. Yeah, and of course with the specification for Java. Um, and uh, without having access to the uh, source code from Sun, they had to develop their own implementation, which um, has an impact on um, end users as well because, um, well, end users will always ask a question. Is your implementation of virtual machine compliant with uh, Java specification? Because what they what they care about most is um, their application ex- executing in, a, in the exact way they intended it so um again uh without further ado i guess uh we'll, we'll play that um interview for you yeah we'll let we'll let that go because i uh, i know uh, thomas covers a lot yeah a lot more ground a lot better than than we could so i agree we'll just let that go right now what we're working on is a project called ice team mm-hmm. and um uh, it ha- has kind of a, a long history, so I'll go into that a little bit. So um, we started out working on uh, GCJ and GNU Classpad. Yep. So uh, we were trying to create a free software Java implementation. Um, so we've worked on that for uh, the past four years. Okay. And uh, so 
when um, so when and then recently uh, in uh, November 2006, Sun announced that they were going to GPL Java, mm-hmm. and so um, in, in I mean that was terrific. That was a, a very amazing day for us because yeah. uh, it was quite surreal watching um, uh, watching uh, Jonathan Schwartz at the keynote and he's standing in front of this giant slide it's, it's like about uh, 10 stories high this slide in the background that says GPL and, <laughs> yeah. and it was just such a strange surreal image yeah. that I, it was very very crazy day and it came it took me completely by took us all by completely by surprise yeah we, yeah, we had imagine, heard yeah. rumblings about um about you know sun open sourcing java yeah well considering how fiercely proprietary they were it was yeah. it yeah. was amazing for them to make that turnaround even yeah. for tck you had to pay a, a hefty fees oh yeah, yeah. And, well and the tck is another story but <laughs> that we won't get into <laughs> now, but but um yeah it Sun was making steps toward toward openness. They were they were, you know, gradually releasing they're releasing Java under increasingly permissive yep. licenses. But yeah. to go all the way to the GPL, I mean, we were expecting something like CDDL or something like that. Yep. You know, it's mm-hmm. like free but annoying. But they went all the way with with the announcement of yeah. the GPL, and so that yep. was great. We, in, in many ways, we couldn't have hoped for a, a, a better result because um, here we were toiling away on a free replacement for Java, and then all of a sudden it's announced that the reference implementation and also the standard implementation mm-hmm. is going to be available under the GPL. So uh, that was the announcement in November 2006. Then because uh, it's not a trivial thing to source a yeah. large piece of software like Java. Um, the, the actual release didn't come until Java 1 uh, back in May. Yeah, okay. And so um, I, was, I was there to witness that, and that was very exciting. Um, after, so... So wait, wait a second. You were there? Where's I was at Java 1 okay. in San Francisco okay. this year. And oh, I, cool. And I hadn't gone to Java 1 before, but uh, I figured if, if there was any Java 1 that I should attend, it would be it should be this one. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so um, I, I went as well as uh, Tom Tromey. Um, and then there were some other people there too, like Mark Wheeler, who um, is uh, the head maintainer of the GNU Class Path project, was there. And um, as well as Dal Bortofish, mm-hmm. who uh, maintains Cafe. And so we were all there, and it was very exciting. And we were, um, Sun showed us a great time. They were terrific hosts, and, uh, and it was great to finally be able to um, talk with engineers about Java. You know, there was this yeah. kind of wall before, but after the release, uh, that wall came down, and we were able to share ideas about you know feature directions and everything mm-hmm. so that was really great yeah. um after we got but the thing so I'll, I'll go into some details about what was released so sun released java under the gpl as and they've called the project open jdk so was that um, actually with hotspot i'm sorry 
Yes, Hotswat. Yeah. Actually, they released um, back in November. They released uh, as part of the announcement. They released Hotspot and um, Java Help and uh, the Java compiler. I see. So they released those three things All three. because there was okay. uh, those things just for various reasons. Um, those things were e- the easiest to open source yeah. and mm-hmm. to show that they were serious. They could go out with those right away. And so they did. Yeah. So, um, but then the rest of, almost the rest of Java came, was released later uh, at Java 1 this year. Though, I say almost the rest because there are still some areas that Sun calls encumbered. So, these... (laughs) You made the quote, encumbered? Yeah, Sun (laughs) says that there, uses the term encumbered. Uh So, it means that... For what? For some reason, uh, Sun is not able to release them. Okay. And the the reason is not. The reason is it's something like the code is not owned by Sun. Okay. And Sun requested of the the owner of the code that okay. they included in the GPL work, mm-hmm. and the request was rejected. Okay. So in other words, they've exhausted all. Uh, avenues for freeing this this code, and they have to write it off as encumbered, yeah. okay. and uh, and and re-implement it or something. Yeah. So this is where so and about four percent of the class library uh, code what was encumbered when okay. they did the first Open JDK release. So this is where the Ice T project comes in. Ah. So because. Um, because Sun is new to, or Java is new to being open sourced, right? It, there are processes and uh, practices that need to be developed. Right. To, in, in, in other words, they've opened the code, but they need to now open a project, right? Yeah, it's completely mm-hmm. different than Linux, right? Because with Linux, you got thousands of developers that know the code, or actually millions probably right now. Yeah. And with Java code, there's uh, a growing number of developers. But yeah, and, and uh, yeah, there's that aspect to growing the external community. Also, there's um, there's the issue of Sun adopting its internal processes right. to the open mind. Right. And so that's a, uh, it, it's been um, it, it's it's been taking a while, and there there's been quite a bit of progress. But it, to be fair, it's a big it's a big shift. Right? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so what we did with the Ice T project is we wanted to have so in in its original form we couldn't use uh, we couldn't just include Open JDK in Fedora, for example, okay. because of the encumbrances. Uh, in other words, there were missing pieces, and because it was it's. It was uh, tricky to build um, on tricky to build on Linux. It required yeah. special setup, and it re- and it also required a um, a proprietary JVM to a proprietary JDK to bootstrap it. Yeah. In other words, it had a build dependency on a proprietary yeah. piece of software, right. yeah. which in the free software world doesn't work. Yeah. So that was the thrust. The main thrust of our development initially was to get Ice T. First of all, to replace the, the missing pieces. So it turns out that we had replacements in GNU ClassPath for a lot of the missing pieces in OpenJDK. Nice. So we were able to adapt those and slot them in. Nice. Um, and then we were also able to um, build the open the resulting combined 
thing, the new class path code and open JDK. Okay. We, we wanted to be able to build that with free tools. And so that was the main thrust of our work for the initial ICT release. We did that. Um, so And we released it. We were, did the first release that was self-bootstrapping. Uh, in, sorry, that could be bootstrapped against free software, ECJ and GCJ. Cool. Strange thing. <laughs> we've been working on. We have a lot of, yeah. you know, we do have a lot of GCJ folks out there. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's, be amazed. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's a very interesting project, huh? and uh, it, it, it's still it's still continuing. There's still people working on it. Um, so, yeah, within so about a month after the official release of OpenJDK, we had it. We had the encumbrances. Most of the encumbrances replaced, yeah. and we had it bootstrapping with free, with entirely free software. Oh, cool. So, and that 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 um, that can, that was what the first Ice T release yeah. consisted of. Was that full uh, Java language compliant? Well, that yeah, that means different things. I mean, right. there, you know, you can't. I mean, you can't call the result Java because right. it's not. Uh, certified PCK. Java by sign. Right. Um, the result wasn't complete yet either in terms of replacing all the encumbrances. I see. Because the first release didn't have graphic support. So two of the missing components were the font rasterizer was okay. encumbered and uh, the graphics rasterizer as well. And so it took us uh, two more releases to have those replaced. But in, uh, I guess, a month... Uh, after the first ICT release, we replaced them too. And so now we have something that will run programs written in Java. Cool. Uh, run most programs written in Java very well. And so um, that's great. And our, our, our goal for this stuff, or, or our, our um, intention, is eventually to put all this stuff back upstream yes. to open JDK itself. The reason that hasn't happened yet is uh, and another reason for us setting up Ice T is that again Sun is working on its processes. So right. for example, it currently there's only a read only subversion repository yeah. What what we need is uh, some sort of we need write access right. obviously if we're gonna do you want to be able to contribute back, right? Mm-hmm. And, so, and keep that community yeah, going. I mean around we it. could do it with patches and that's happened. Yeah. Uh, and even that is a long process because there's also like a copyright assignment that needs to be worked out and things like that. So for all these reasons, and then basically non-technical or infrastructure reasons, uh, mm-hmm. we haven't been we haven't uh, contributed it. The, the patches we have in ICT back, yeah. yeah, yeah. But uh, we do plan to do that once the um, once the non-technical and infrastructure issues are worked out. So um, you, the the Java that you produced, uh, do, do you plan to certify it? That's another, yeah. That's another uh, goal, but th- that's a longer term goal because okay. again, Sun is is still working out the exactly how that will be done. Okay. So certification aside, uh, from a development standpoint of view, given that 95% of the code is coming from the open source uh, JDK, uh, is it is it fair to say that um, all Java applications will run on that virtual machine? 
Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> well, because you see, you see the <laughs> Gene actually uh, probably was exposed to that as well. That yeah. we get a lot of questions from embedded folks uh, that that want to run Java on different devices, um, whether they can compile Java. And when they when they say Java, they they think of Sans Java, right? So if something they they want to be language compliant and mm-hmm. they don't want to have. Um, in most part, they already have application written down, right? And they just want to deploy it. Yeah. Uh, because the great thing about Java is it runs exactly the same way on the host machine, that's right? right? Yeah. yeah. So um, the uh, th- that's where they start asking questions. Is it going to run on that other virtual machine? Yes. And yeah, what that, is the other uh, option eventually? Yeah, and that's why I say, like, Right now, um, we, we just added a, in the readme just the other day this uh, big disclaimer. Uh, that's an- another reason why we, we went with with calling the project Ice-T was to stay well away from the Java trademark. Mm-hmm. Right now, the Java trademark, the meaning of it is that, that whatever you're calling Java has been certified yeah. completely Java compatible. Ice-T is not Java, and Ice-T is not Java compatible. Okay. So it's not Java compatible. And that's different from the question that you asked. Yes. And so I'm, I'm right. you know, haggling over semantics. It's but, right. But, um, what, but, so that, but we do consider that very important. And so but my, what I see happening is um, we're, we contribute back to all the things that are in Ice-T, back to Ice-T, sorry, back to OpenJDK. And then uh, at that point... Uh, we should be able to just take OpenJDK itself and package that right. and certify that and call that Java. Yeah. Okay. In other words, I, I expect IST, the IST project to be short-lived, re- in term, okay. relatively speaking. So assuming that uh, all the other pieces will be released soon, what is your expectation for um, IST's uh, life cycle? Oh, that's really hard because it very much depends on... Um, on Suns, how fast Sun or how, how long it takes Sun to yeah. to uh, develop the processes, the certification processes for mm. Open JDK derived right JDK. But assuming that they actually have the processes resolved and on the Sun's part everything is resolved, uh-huh. how how long do you think it, it would take your team to to get? Um, a Java implementation inside, um, I mean, Java-compliant implementation inside Fedora. Oh, that could, I mean, that could happen immediately. Oh, fantastic. Because, we, in fact, we're, because we're already set up to do that. We're already, we're already including Ice-T in Fedora. Right, okay. Even in its developmental state, and this is why we have this disclaimer, like... Yeah. We added this disclaimer to the README file. I started to say earlier mm-hmm. that says like this is uh, this is Ice T and it's derived from Open JDK, the Open JDK code base, which is a deve- itself a developmental version of Java. In other words, it's the it's the 1.7 yep. okay. Java tree, the, the place where all new Java development yep. is taking place, and it's not even close to a a complete. Or not even close to a, a, an official Java release. It's still alpha, pre-alpha. Do you have any right. insight on performance? No, we haven't okay. done performance analysis yet. Okay. We've been focused on getting it uh, feature complete yeah. and, and 
that buck free. So our, the, recently in, in the past month or so, we've been concentrating a lot on... Uh, so we also, as part of the Ice Tea project, we... Um, we package it, so we, we release RPMs, and we've we've had those we've um, got those RPMs accepted for inclusion in Fedora Eight. Okay. And so the past two months, our focus has been on uh, bug fixing and integration with Fedora Eight. Fantastic. So, uh, it will that will land in Fedora Eight. So this is this is all great. I mean, there's. Uh, I'm excited especially about the, the Java and Fedora because that means that uh, customers that, well, we deal with, that, that we get the question about Java so frequently that having options is is always a great thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Certain implementations, there, there's a small footprint implementation of Java, of Java, the KVM, CVM. I'm not sure if KVM is still alive. It probably is. But um, J2SE, if, if, um, if that implementation... Um, is fully released through Fedora. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's very exciting. And I, I should say that um, in terms of Java, like Java-compatible Java in Fedora, that will be a long, that will be, take a long time, I think. Because, okay. they, because of the, the non-technical things take a long time yeah. to resolve. Right. right. So <laughs> that, it, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't bet on it being there you know within a maybe maybe within a year you know that type of time frame we're well, talking about no probably probably even longer than that because again i i think java java 7 isn't due yeah. until like maybe late 2007 i'm not even sure if they've picked a release date i don't know so it won't happen. It definitely won't happen before Java Seven is released. Yeah. So hopefully, in parallel to the development of Java Seven, we'll be able to resolve all the non-technical issues. Yeah. And then, when Java Seven is released, that will represent the date where we have certified Java. So you, you in hope. In the meantime, it's though, it's 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 really excellent to have Ice T in, in Fedora because we're just setting ourselves up for. Having a lot of test of, yeah. of testing, and we'll be able to feed those those changes back upstream. Yeah, and where that sets so, things up for sorry to interrupt, but, but where I think that sets things up for for people considering the product is they have a, a really good test bench, right, to get their head around before you know, the final release comes out, and that gives them a, at least a year to get themselves adjusted. That's exactly it, yeah. and uh, and that's why that's why Fedora is a very exciting project for us. I mean, yeah. Uh, at Red Hat developers love Fedora Base. You can put your changes out one day, and they're and they're released to everyone the next day. At least if yeah. they're released to all Rawhide users anyway, yeah. the next day. And uh, so, and it's so it's a very fast um, process yeah. turnaround time mm-hmm. to fix bugs and problems. So that's the mode that we're in now, uh, leading up to Fedora Eight, getting the. Um, getting it to work out of the box. Yeah. So. Fantastic. Well, uh, thank you very much for yeah, your time today. Re- yeah, really appreciate you stopping by. Yeah, I know I caught, you, topic. I caught you earlier today, and I, and I was trying to talk you into coming and join you. You said, well, I'll come by later. And yeah, I, I'm a little shy. I so. was pretty convinced you weren't. Uh, yeah. but, I'm gl- <laughs> but I'm still really glad you stopped by. Yeah, I'm, I am Thank too. you very Thanks much. Thanks a lot for having me. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. So that, anyway, that was great. Uh, I'm really glad we were able to lasso him in. He was one of our last interviews um, of yeah. the day. 
I'm very happy that you uh, got a hold of him, and I know that he was very busy talking to uh, different people, mm-hmm. and, and his schedule was very tight during that day. But um, hope that everybody else enjoyed uh, that interview. Yeah, yeah. I was really what I found most fascinating was the whole notion of of the of the encumbered software, mm. and it was one of those um, it was one of those things where I the mechanics. I mean, not not necessarily the philosophy, but the mechanics behind getting something that was closed source released into open source, and sort of the licensing can of worms that that gets open uh, opened up was something that um, that Red Hat had not Red Hat, but. Uh, son had to address and yeah. you know they just stubbed out what they couldn't leave and they called it encumbered and the poor guy i mean he like rolled his eyes almost to the back of his head like <laughs> when i didn't understand what he was talking about well and the interesting part was that uh there's still part of the code inside um a virtual machine that's not open to the public yeah and that there's still some um work that has to be done or is actually being done or uh, as thomas was uh explaining um and Red Hat was using some of the implementations that they already had in place to patch those holes in, the, in that software. Yeah. And um, that's the software that's going to be released with Fedora Core 8. So, um, yeah. yeah, and yeah, it's coming out. I know Fedora Core is due. It's like right over Fedora Core 8. Or I think it's just Fedora 8. I don't, they don't uh, call it the Core you're anymore. Right. You're right. You're right. There's a It happens every once in a while, right? <laughs> yeah, so it's not called 8. But it, it, um, oh, I completely lost my train of thought. But so, well, yes. You were talking about Fedora 8 and the fact that um, – uh, the the Ice T is that the name of the virtual oh, machine? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's called Ice T. It's it's not really the virtual machine, but it's the additions, right? Mm. So they make a whole virtual machine. What what I found fascinating was that, uh, and this is like an embedded, not an embedded, but an open source software thing. Is the project itself is not designed to be a long lived project, right? Mm. It's there long enough to get the changes integrated into the open source core, and then it'll then it'll go away. And yeah. I think that's fascinating how open source can react that quickly and has a model which you can have a, a project right. in existence just you know just to fill the gap before things uh, you know as it folds into the into the you know mainline code well but i think that a lot of developers care about java so with fedora oh, yeah. 8 release they will be able to just leverage um a, a straight fedora 8 installation and get the virtual machine on there Anyways, you can actually um, find us by going to timesys.com or a new URL that um, we have put in place, um, which is linuxlinkradio.com. Exactly. And uh, from there, you will be directed to, uh, to a website where you can find all the recordings of um, our previous podcast that we did so far. And, um, well, with that, thank you very much for your attention. And we'll be back in um, just a few days. I'm actually at... Get this. So I have to go to the CELF conference in, in Austria, uh, which apparently is some computer, some computer thing around some place where you can ski. So you lucky dog. So my skiing is going to be interrupted uh, by the show. So I have to do a, a couple. Um, <laughs> I have to do a couple uh, uh, presentations there, and um, and then after that I'll be back. And, and uh, you know they're not sending out the entire Linux Link Radio juggernaut. <laughs> Which well, means you. <laughs> you, you. You were talking about the fact that I'm going to all those shows and you have to stay here. Well, look who's talking now. Uh, oh, Switzerland, right. Switzerland, come on. Well, you, uh, you have to bring some snow back to Pittsburgh because I really want to snow, ski here. Oh, well. you know what? This year, I bet you're going to be a stinker like last year was. Yeah. I, I bet you to no end. Uh, uh, I bet you any amount of money. We're, we're, it's going to be December and you're going to be out there in shorts and bicycling. And yeah, yeah it's just like last knowing, year's knowing my luck. stinker season that was. I'm sure. So, yeah, say so questions or comments, linuxlinkradio.com. Uh, uh, Come and visit us there, or you can drop us a line at podcast at timesys.com. Uh, we actually get, which still shocks me, people email us 
And, um, and if you email, we try to get back to you as soon as we can. And um, uh, we actually, I, there's a concerted effort that we reply to our email. And uh, uh, so, uh, but if we don't hear back from us, I, I'm sorry. Uh, I apologize. You can send us another nasty gram and, and we'll get back. But yeah, so we do make an effort. We do read them and we do reply. And I know they've been on our case to do a, uh, a show where we talk about the emails we receive because some of them are actually quite, yeah. quite interesting. Um, and uh, well, others are just sort of, you know, you stink sort of mails, but despite my desire to go over and read the hate mail and the flame mail, we'll read the ones that, you know, people respond back to the episodes because some of them are said are, are fascinating. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks a lot. Thank you. Bye. This podcast was brought to you by Timesys. Are you new to embedded Linux? Looking for a way to simplify your next project? The Linux Link service by Timesys makes it easy to build your custom embedded Linux platform. Go to timesys.com today or call 866 392 4897 to learn more.